Hello, everyone. Welcome to the special holiday episode of For the Love of Books podcast featuring indie and small press authors with host Emma Pulova. Today, we will chat with author Teresa Halverson, who will announce the details of her book giveaway of Warehouse Dreams at the end of the interview. Teresa has never met a profanity she hasn't enjoyed, and she is generally overly caffeinated. <laughs> the author of multiple spec fiction works, including Warehouse Dreams, Lost Aboard, and River City Widows, Teresa often wonders what sleep is. Hello, Teresa. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm excellent. So, Teresa, tell us, what is sleep? I don't know. It's that thing that you're supposed to do at night. You close your eyes and then you lose consciousness. Yeah, I, I, I don't do that. I gave up on that years ago. It just never happens, right? <laughs> right. How about your new job? Do you still have to commute? You hate commuting? I do. I, yeah, I do. I mean, I live in Southern California, so commuting is just a part of life. Um, yeah, yesterday, in fact, uh, I, it took me two hours to get home. There were so many accidents and it was just so frustrating, but it's a part of Southern California life. And as much as I would love writing to, you know, pay the bills, it just doesn't quite yet. So hopefully one day, one day, it will one happen. Day. It will happen. Okay. Let's talk about your warehouse dreams. Your MC is Kendall, who recruits teens with psychic abilities for the warehouse, which is the only school for wilds. Accepting teens with wild gifts is risky. Why? Oh, because you have a teenager who can read your mind and um, can manipulate objects with their mind. And because they're teenagers, they don't have any control. That's what the school is there to teach them. So um, in this world, a person that does not have psychic abilities may end up having a teenager that does. So you're sitting at the dinner table and all of a sudden your teenager looks at you and is like, oh my God, are you going to get fired from your job? You got in trouble with your boss today. And your heart just drops and you're like, oh my God, my kid is reading my mind. What am I going to do with them? Or you're like, hey, for the 15th time, do the freaking litter box. And your kid, you know, reacts with anger as kids do. And they accidentally embed a fork in the wall right next to your head. So as a society, what are you going to do with these kids? And unfortunately, human beings tend to fear what they don't understand. And so these kids are kicked out of their homes. They're institutionalized. But there's this one school, which is nicknamed the warehouse because it's built into a series of warehouses that is there to save them. So it's kind of a cross of Harry Potter, kind of a cross of X-Men from um, the teacher's perspective as they fight society to save these kids. So it's fun. So what inspired the entire book and your MC? What is what? I'm sorry. Inspired. What the main oh. is driving force behind your book and the MC. And your so MC. the main character sees herself as a hero. Um, she's ex she's extremely flawed. Um, she she has some addictive personalities. You'll actually see she she drinks a fair amount. She smokes pot. She curses like there's no tomorrow. Um, but she wants to save these kids and herself too, because she also has these abilities. She's also a telepath and a psychokinetic. Um, 
extremely damaged. Um, she was um, sold by her social worker after her mom died to a gladiator pit. Um, and, you know, that, that would be very, very damaging to any person. And so she wants to save these children and prevent them from a life like that. Um, so what, what drives her, what drives her 70 and 80 hour work weeks and her addiction, her lack of sleep, everything else is I must save these children. Um, so, and, and it's fun too. There's, there's a new kind of hunky, um, teacher that appears this, this year. And, um, he's very intrigued by Kendall, um, uh, because she is so flawed and she's so unlike anybody that he's ever met. Um, and she's not boring. So he's really drawn to her and she's like, what are you doing? Wow. No, 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 not interested. So they have this enemies to, to lovers kind of romance brewing and, um, they flirt and they fight and they flirt and they fight. And it's, it's really fun. Um, the romance aspect is one of probably the best parts to write. And what is this uh, character's name? Is it the telepathy teacher? The, tele the telepathy teacher is named Stephen. Um, and there's a subset of um, people in the society. They're called breads who are genetically bred to be perfect. And again, um, in this book, it's not really explored. The second book, we're going to explore it a lot more. But this idea that if you pay a lot of money, you could have a genetically, quote unquote, perfect child. And what would that do to that child that grows up being told, I paid millions of dollars for you. You are supposed to be perfect. What, what does that do? Can you imagine just the, the, the internal trauma of that? I can. So, Oh yeah. So the second book, we really start digging into that and exploring that idea as well. Um, so it's fun. It's a very intense book. Um, there are scenes where um, a gun is pointed at the children in, the, in a mall. They go on a field trip and mm -hmm. you, you'll have to read it. Um, that's a very intense scene. Um, one of the students accidentally destroys a dormitory. And so it's the middle of the night. You have to evacuate all of these teenagers from a dormitory that's about to fall. Um, so that's a very intense scene as well. Um, there's a scene where a bomb goes off because society really is saying, we don't want these, we don't want wilds, we want them gone. And so there's a lot of uh, social unrest as well. So it's a very nuanced story. Okay, what were some of the challenges in writing this book? So having characters with telepathy was, was challenging. Um, I really, when I thought about how they would talk, so if you have telepathy, you can have a verbal conversation with everybody in the hearing, or you could have a telepathic conversation with the other telepaths in the room, or you could have a telepathic conversation with like only one or two people in the room. That to me, kind of layering that was very challenging. Mm -hmm. um, figuring out how to have these little side conversations combined with verbal, combined with telepathic. And I got really good at um, for when there were emotional triggers, the characters would switch between verbal or telepathic conversations. Um, and the other thing too, is that if, if you're a telepath, you see the world a little differently. And so I really wanted to make sure that that was um, portrayed. And the way that I did that is um, this is first person from Kendall's point of view. 
And she sees characters by the movements of their thoughts and the color. She assigns colors to everybody. Um, so it's it's really beautiful. Um, the, the next character, the second book um, that Perspective is going to be written from, she sees characters by textures. And that that's challenging as well to kind of be like, you know, the characters was shiny or rough or gritty or smooth or fluffy. Um, so it really allows you to do this extra fun layer of description into it. Um, but that was challenging. How much research did you have to do for this? You know what? Telepathy goes or none. You just, you just bring it. I just wait. I just, yeah. And I've been on panels before with other writers that, you know, write about telepathy and they're all like, oh, I did all this research. And I'm like, I didn't do any. Awesome. I can't wait to read that. So what are the major takeaways from your warehouse dreams? So it, um, when I wrote warehouse dreams, um, a lot of the the Black Lives Matter and everything was bubbling up to the surface. Um, I wrote it before 2020, but you know we could all kind of see what was happening there. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, so I think kind of one of the key takeaways is to be aware that we currently live in a dystopian society. And I did mirror the society and warehouse dreams after ours in a lot of ways. Um, and I think as well, kind of another key takeaway. The other thing I kind of mirrored it after is I have friends who have children with autism and, you know, they go into ready to battle when they do their IEPs, you know, they're ready to fight for their children. And I mirrored a lot of, um, the parental reactions around finding out your child has autism, that your child is, is unique. Um, and I think that's another key takeaway too. So what have you learned about yourself from writing this book? Oh, um, I learned, I, I love to write flawed characters. I love to find that balance and really, I, I write first person point of view and I love just really digging deeply into the psyche of people. I have a degree in psychology. Um, and so using that to kind of tug apart people's motivations was really fun for me. Sounds like fun. What is the funniest or the most bizarre thing that has ever happened to you during an in-person author's event? Oh, during an imp. Oh, um, I think it would just be somebody being like, oh my gosh, you're, you're her. And I'm like, yeah, yes, I am a her. Um, and they're like, oh, oh wait, I've read all of your books. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you have. Cause I, I'm, you know, I'm not a New York times bestselling author. Um, and just having somebody like come at me and be like, I read all your books. I so adore you. Oh my gosh. Will you please sign this? And I'm like, yes, that's so amazing. I'm that, that like made my day. So Does I think that, that would probably to be. you often? Does it not often, to? not often, but it has happened. Excellent. What is next for Teresa in 2022? That sounds futuristic. I know, I know. Well, I've got to get the sequel for um, Warehouse Dreams finished. Um, I'm hoping for a midsummer release on that one. Um, I also have my podcast, Semi-Sages of the Pages, with three other wonderful writers. So we're going to continue to work with that. 
Um, it's a podcast for writers about writing and it's about our writing journey. Um, I also have um, my publishing house, No Bad Books Press. Um, we are opening for queries. So if you have speculative fiction works, um, check us out. Um, we might, might be a good fit for you. Um, and then I'm going to focus on um, editing. I do do a lot of editing. And I'm also going to focus on getting some short stories out there in the universe. So 2022 is going to be really busy. Yeah, well, no wonder you don't get any sleep. Right. <laughs> Just don't fall asleep, you know, while driving. I won't. Don't worry. Okay, Teresa, would you like to read to us? Yes, I would. Um, I'm reading from Warehouse Dreams. Yes. Okay. And just let me know when, when to stop. I'll just go ahead and start on three minutes. Okay. All right. You got it. Um, uh, hang on one second here. Is cursing okay or no? Uh, I'd rather not. Not a problem. I can fix that. Okay. <laughs> I, I screwed up horribly. Like then I lose my job screwed up. I looked around my director's office at Phillips Academy for the advancement of Wilds. My hands left sweaty imprints on her desk. I pulled them into my lap, lacing the fingers together to keep them from shaking. Hell, since I lived at my job, I'd be homeless too. I'd lose friendships, the roof over my head, and the most rewarding work I'd ever done. Holy mother of God, how could I have been so phenomenally stupid? I'm on the girl, Daniel thought. She's in the cafeteria, in the kitchen. She's raiding the walk-in, gone. She's messing with us. Daniel's mental voice was thick with his Southern roots. I know my voice was creaky. I tried again. I know you wanted me to say, stay put, I said to my director, Miriam. She sat curled into her comfortable chair, her eyes closed to focus on the conversation in her head. But can I please go look for her? Miriam nodded a single movement and I teleported to the school grounds searching for the child. I rubbed my aching chest, my fingers shaking. Maybe I was having a heart attack. That was possible, right? People under 40 could totally have heart attacks. Maybe if I had one, I wouldn't get fired. Any idea where she went, I asked Daniel. She's back in the cafeteria, he thought, pinging to the pantry, the snack shelves, the walk-in fridge. Never seen anyone teleport so fast. We're gonna find her halfway through a wall. Miriam's voice sounded tired. Hell of a way to be woken up. A sigh echoed through Daniel's honey-colored shields. How old is she, Miriam asked. Telepathy wasn't a strong gift for her and her normally magenta shields, her mental protection from the other telepaths were gray around the edges. Around 12, I answered, sweat trickling down my back. It was summertime in Chicago and even at midnight, humidity hung thick in the city. I doubt she's only 12, Daniel snapped. She has too much control. The girl is deaf, I snapped back. She might be older. Wasn't like we did a full introduction or anything. I mean, I was pretty sure the girl was deaf. I hoped she was deaf. I mean, not that I wanted someone to be disabled, but I hoped I hadn't misread the situation that much. I sighed a quick puff of air into the nights. It didn't matter whether or not she was deaf. I'd brought home an unknown and potentially dangerous wild with teleporting skills beyond that of any adult. Who was stealing everything she could get her hands on and no one could catch her. There was no way I'd fix this. I was done. Where is she? I asked Daniel. I'm watching her teleport all the snacks from the cafeteria, he thought. I wonder where she's hiding them. I'm going to hell. She must have sensed me, jumped away again. She's probably trying to find a place to eat. 
I used my gift to scan the school grounds for the girl's thoughts. She had to be somewhere. I got the impression she was hungry and hurts and scared and confused. And deaf, Daniel thought, that's a hell of a perfect grift. She played you and we don't have the money to replace all the stuff she's stealing. She can't get out, the wall will stop her. I wish my chest would stop hurting so I could think. I'd never ever misread the situation so horribly before. I mean, after 15 years working with wild teens, I know how to read them without actually reading their thoughts because no one actually wants to see the thoughts of a teenager. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Can you announce the details of your book giveaway of Warehouse Dreams? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to show the cover. Isn't it gorgeous? Um, So that one, if you um, email me, the first person who sends me an email with their address, um, I will go ahead and um, uh, mail out a copy to you. Um, a signed copy. Um, and if you give me your name, I'll go ahead and personalize it. The best way to get my email address is to go to my website. It's www.teresahauthor.com. And here's the tricky thing. My name, Teresa, has an H in it. So I'll spell it out. H author.com. And the reason I do that is because my email address consists of my last name and my last name, nobody spells it correctly. So I want to make sure everyone gets the email correct. Good. And since this is our Christmas special, we are sharing our favorite Christmas memories. Teresa, can you share with our listeners your favorite Christmas memory? Yes, I will. So Every year since I was growing up, my mother made um, cutout Christmas cookies and they're just cutout Christmas cookies. They have frosting on them and then we, you know, decorate them. The recipe is an old, old recipe from my great grandmother and it makes about 500 cookies. So when we do it, it's literally a two day process of cutting, baking, and then the next day is the frosting. So my memories are all around cookies everywhere sprinkles everywhere frosting everywhere um because we will make 500 cookies so you eat them all or what do you do with them we eat a lot they're really it's a really good recipe but we do give a lot away as well good sounds tempting and before we do our parting shots, I would like to thank our sponsors, Doc Chavent and Digital Quill Services for Writers with author Kali Nye. Parting shots from each one of us. Teresa, please, you go first. A parting uh, shot. Take care of yourself. Um, it, you know, go gently into 2022. This is, you know, d- don't go in being like, this is going to be my year. No, no, we're going to go in gently. We're going to go in quietly. Yes, I agree. We're going to go in quietly. And my parting shots, quietly, buy indie, read indie, and write indie. Keep your fingers on the keyboard and your butt in the chair. Thank you for listening. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.